Good morning. Welcome to worship at Northminster Church this morning on this very beautiful uh, Sunday morning here in Monroe. Whether you're here in person in our sanctuary or are viewing this worship service over our YouTube channel, we're so glad that all of you are here. And if you're visiting with us, we offer a special welcome and hope you'll participate in all aspects of our worship service. And if you're here in person, that includes communion. Uh, this is God's table for all of us here today, and we invite all of you to participate in communion. Just follow the directions in the order of worship or follow uh, someone in front of you. Uh, our first gift of God uh, in worship today is our gift of presence, that is, that we showed up. <laughs> and so if you would, uh, sign the attendance register that you'll find there in the uh, hymn holders on the uh, aisle, the, the main aisle. Uh, as most of you probably know from uh, the constant contact that was sent out, I think, on Friday, uh, this past week, Pastor Jillian fractured some bones in one of her feet and at this moment is home recuperating and watching this service on our YouTube channel. Uh, hello there, Jillian. We, <laughs> she will probably be in a boot for a while but we're hopeful that she'll be back in the office at some point next week and back in worship with us on next Sunday. And Jillian, we will be praying for your speedy recovery. Today, we're thankful to Dr. Debbie Chandler for stepping up and delivering the sermon Pastor Jillian prepared for today and to those others who are, uh, have taken Jillian's other responsibilities in worship today. As usual, children, uh, please come up for the children's message on the last verse of the opening hymn, and Ms. Beth will meet you at the front and present that message today. And Anne, if you want to come up with the boys, uh, if they might feel more comfortable, please feel free to do, to do that. Good, okay. Uh, with respect to communion, uh, for those of you who need to take communion at, at your seat, as most of you know, we will serve you at your seat. Uh, and if uh, the server uh, doesn't know that you need to be served at your seat, if you please try to get the server's attention in some way, and they'll happily come and serve you communion at your seat. And as always, please review the insert in the order of worship for any announcements, and uh, or check out the newsletter uh, that comes out every week. And now, Marsha McGee will come and bring our minute permissions. Another good morning. <laughs> um, some of you know, are more familiar with maybe what used to be called the Desired Street Shelter. It is now called the Renewal Center of Northeast Louisiana, and this is our March missions emphasis. The Renewal Center is a faith-based nonprofit organization, so they don't accept any federal or state funds. All of their money is raised from people like you and me. And they assist homeless people with resources and support that they might need to uh, get themselves back on their feet or whatever they need to help them at the time. Currently, the Renewal Center provides over 1,000 meals a month with the help of local churches and organizations. They offer laundry services and showers for people who need those. And they also assist people with acquiring ID cards, social security cards, and their birth certificates. They partner with other agencies to acquire veterans benefits for people who qualify and health and drug rehab resources in the community 
and also teach computer classes to people who need to be uh, updated in those skills. At this time, they are raising funds to build a new dining hall. And this will, they already have some beds, some overnight beds for men, but when they get this new facility organized, that will open up space to sleep 32 more men in the building that they are currently in. Once that dining hall is completed, they have plans to begin building uh, or constructing a building for women and children, so they will have overnight housing. And you can find a list of items that are needed by the Renewal Center in our bulletin, and also there's a sign above the mission trunk uh, outside the sanctuary. And if you have any questions about the Renewal Center or want more information about them, go to their website to learn other ways that you can help and uh, more about the resources that they provide. Thank you. Thank you, Marcia. And as we begin worship, would you please join me in our call to worship? As darkness gives way to light and winter sleeps to fresh beginnings, like the green shoots of renewed life stirring beneath the soil, in this time of reflection and repentance. Thanks be to God.
happy to see you this morning. Have you ever heard the word parable? Yeah? No? Well, let me tell you what a parable is. Jesus really liked to use parables to teach. A parable is a story about something that you know and understand that helps you understand something that you don't really know about. So do you know about recess? Have you ever heard of recess at school where you go play on the playground? What about a concession stand where, where you can get snacks? Well, somebody asked Jesus, well, actually a lot of people, they asked, what is the kingdom of God like? And this is what he told them. He said, the kingdom of God is like you get to go out for recess on Monday. And the head janitor comes to you and your friends and says, we have a problem with litter on the playground. And if you will clean up litter every day this week during recess, on Friday, I will give you $3 to buy whatever you want at the concession stand. Does that sound like a good idea? <laughs> so you and your friends say, yes, we will do this. So Monday and Tuesday, you work very hard, and you pick up lots of trash off the playground. Well, on Wednesday, the head janitor comes back, and he talks to some other kids, and he, and he asks them if they would help pick up litter. And they said, yeah, we can do that. So on Wednesday and Thursday, you and your friends and all these other kids pick up litter on the playground and fill a whole trash bag. Well, Friday, the head janitor comes back, and he finds these other kids that have been hanging around at the monkey bars all week playing. And he says to them, I could really use a little more help. Will you help today and clean up litter? And they said, okay, we will. So Friday, everybody is cleaning up litter on the playground. The playground is so clean and it looks so good. So you've worked five days, right? And some kids have worked three days. And then these kids have only worked one day. So he gets his, his pocketbook out, and he gives $3 to the kids that only worked one day. And so you're watching this, and you're thinking, man, I bet he's going to give us like $5 because we worked so much harder. Well, you were working hard? Yes. Oh, good. Well, when it's finally your turn, he only gives you $3, and you're very disappointed. And he says, go to the concession stand and buy whatever snacks you want. And you're like, this is not fair. We worked five days, and those last kids only worked one day. Why do we get the same? And you know what the head janitor says? He says, hey, when I came to you, you agreed to do this work for $3. And I'm giving you exactly what I told you I would give you. Please don't be upset that I'm being generous with the other kids that only helped one day. And so I think what he was trying to tell us is that God is very generous with us and loves us very much. And how? let's think about it from the perspective of the kid that only worked one day. What if you were that kid? And all the other kids have been working really hard. And then on the last day, you decide you want to join in and help too. And he gives you just as much as he gave everybody else. How would that make you feel? Do you think that would make you feel happy and loved? 
Yeah, that's how God is with us. Sometimes we might come in late to the game, but God is going to be very generous with us too. And the grown-ups are going to hear the story a little differently later. They're going to hear it about some workers in a vineyard. Because when Jesus was talking to people in his time, they all understood what it was like to go out and work on a farm. But you guys understand what it's like to play on the playground, right? Okay, now we're going to say our prayer. So what we do is I'm going to say a line, and then you repeat it after me. Usually Pastor Jillian gets you to turn around and look at the the grown-ups. But if you don't feel comfortable with that this time, we can do that next time, okay? But you just repeat after me, and the grown-ups might might repeat it too, okay? I see the face of God in you. I see the face of God in you. The love of Christ comes shining through. The love of Christ comes shining through. And it is great to be with you. And it is great to be with you. O holy child of God. O holy child of God. And do you want to go back and play with me? reading from Psalm chapter 16. You, O God, are my sustenance and my life-giving cup. In that cup you hold my future and my eternal riches. My home is surrounded in beauty. You have gifted me with abundance and a rich legacy. I will bless you whose wise teaching orchestrates my days and centers my mind at night. You are ever present with me. At all times, you go before me. I will not live in fear or abandon my calling because God stands at my right hand. A word from the psalmist for us today. Thanks be to God. I think most of us are aware of the numbers of our family who are dealing with significant health problems uh, and it seems that at this time it's all 
sort of come at once. Uh, we know that there are others who have suffered long-term, and for those we pray as well. But I'd like to offer a prayer of the people, uh, and I'll ask you to participate a little later on. Let us pray. God, you've taught us to be a loving community of faith. The love that permeates and circulates through us is the same love that is your very essence. We give thanks this day for love. It is through that love that we come to you today with our hearts burdened with care for so, so many reasons. We find ourselves overwhelmed like never before in the almost 35 years of time that we've called ourselves Northminster Church. So many of those who are a vital part of us and whom we deeply love are dealing with serious and life-threatening conditions. We need to name them today, O oh God. O oh God, be our help as in ages past, in the midst of helplessness, our hope when our hope seems hopeless. You've also taught us that prayer is one's heart's sincerest desires arising from the soul and emerging with love that does not let us go. It is in this caring community spirit that we lay before you these desires and seek through your guidance ways that we could ease the burdens of those who mean so much to us. Help us to make them whole again, to find healing through your infinite grace. We pray especially for this, this day for Welton and Judy, Jillian and Eric, Jimmy and Susan, Mary Dale, Bill and Vicki, Lowry and Barbara, Carl, the family of Peggy Swayze, Mary and Tracy, Cade, Jackie, Eric's grandmother, Russell, the father of Claire McKeever Burgett, Summer, Dwayne and Mandy, Judy and Debbie, Jay and Ann, Elvis and Reuben, Denzel and Justin, and Daryl and Pat. If there are those whom I have not mentioned in this time of pause, would you please voice your intercessions aloud? Oh God, we do acknowledge and give you thanks that for some of these mentioned and others who are in our hearts, healing has begun. Safely continue to guide them to wholeness. God, we are also weighted down with concern for the state of the church, the state of our community, the state of our state, the state of our country, and the state of the world. Become for us the love that reunites us in seeking and striving to build decent lives and to bring true justice for all your children. We pray especially for those living within the battlefields of war and political oppression, all in the name of selfish power for which their leaders, for whom we pray that human decency and respect for life will overcome this irrational quest. Oh God, our list goes on and on and on. 
Give us the strength and insight to be your tools here on earth, the minds, hands, and feet that bring about answer to our prayers that we make to you in the spirit of our love and through your love. Amen. the gospel of Matthew. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a day's wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. 
And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into this vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received a wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the same wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day in the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me on a wage for the day? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. The gospel of our Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. feeling to speak the words written by another. Um, but Jillian, if you're watching, this is a, a wonderful sermon and it is my pleasure and privilege to share it. Laborers in the vineyard. As Beth told us so beautifully, a parable is a simple story told to illustrate a more complex lesson or an idea. They're stories that make you think that cause you to question and the gospel writers often let them leave them open-ended to encourage engagement to their readers. Parables are a genre designed to surprise, to challenge, to shake up, or to open, leave us open to multiple interpretations. Therefore, each reader will hear a distinct message and may find that the same parable leaves multiple impressions over time. Different audiences in inevitably hear different messages. And as a New Testament scholar, Amy Jill Levine says in her book, Short Stories by Jesus, the enigmatic parables of a controversial rabbi, I quote, what makes parables mysterious or difficult is that they challenge us to look into the hidden aspects of our own values, of our own lives. They bring to the surface all, 
out to the surface all of those unanswered questions. And they reveal the answers we have always known, but refuse to acknowledge. End of quote. Parables are one of Jesus' favorite ways to teach, and he was a master storyteller. Over the course of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus tells 55 parables, which is about one-third of the entire teaching repertoire. So it makes sense that these open-ended stories are inescapable within Christian liturgy, Christian artwork, hymnody, and Christian education. These are stories we tell our children to help them learn what it means to be a people of faith. Even Hollywood and Broadway have figured out that there's something special and engaging about these ancient lessons, with the wackiest and the most wonderful example being the 1971 musical, later a movie, Godspell, which is based on Jesus' parables in Matthew. But we must be mindful as we hear Jesus' parable of the laborers in the vineyard. Again this morning, not to immediately assume that we know what this story means because we've all heard it before. And as Amy Jill Levine points out, stating, starting with the gospel writers themselves, the parables have been moralized Christologized, and I asked her, is that really a word? And she said, just say it. <laughs> Allegorized and otherwise tamed into easy platitudes. And too often we settle for easy understanding interpretations of these parables. We go for the easy. But if we approach Jesus' parables like his followers did, good Jews themselves who understand this teaching tool, we, we're better off thinking less about what they mean and more about what they can do. They remind us. They provoke us. They refine us. They confront us. They even disturb us. So what does this parable today of the vineyard do for you? For us as a congregation, for the world outside these very doors? Perhaps as the Working Preacher podcast discussed this week, this parable is a reminder of the human tendency to be envious, which the landowner addresses in his response to these grumbling workers. Friends, I'm doing you no wrong. Do you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I chose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Well, the literal translation of the Greek at the end of verse 15 says, or do you begrudge me my generosity? Or, is your eye evil because I am good? This is a metaphor about looking enviously at what other people have. So perhaps this is a story about what Rolf Jacobson calls the twin sins of entitlement and resentment. 
and insidious combo to which the only antidotes are generosity and gratitude. It's possible that this story is included in Matthew's gospel so that we remember all stories depending on whose eyes you read them through. It's that Atticus Finch line about walking around in another person's shoes or often repeated phrase, context matters. Though we might be tempted to think that the last group of workers, those hired at the 11th hour as lazy, the kind of folks who run late or who don't take their work seriously, the text gives no indication of this. When the landowner asks these workers why they've been standing idle all day, their answer is very straightforward, because no one hired us. Well, perhaps what Jesus' purpose with this gospel is, is to show us the value of asking before making assumptions. Maybe this parable reminds us that God's grace isn't fair by human standards to which we say, thank God. Just as the landowner went out into the early morning at the sixth hour, the ninth hour, and the eleventh hour to hire laborers, God reaches out to us again and again and again. What we would consider a reasonable timetable hiring a group of laborers so close to the end of the day doesn't make sense to me is not what God considers a reasonable timetable. And at the point that our generosity and willingness to care for others ends, God extends on what a vastness we just cannot comprehend. Where we have limitation, God offers life everlasting. During moments that we struggle to work together or find a way forward, God reminds us that Jesus came for all people, for everyone. And in darkness, in moments of darkness that feel overwhelmingly bleak, or times of grief that threaten to overwhelm us, we hear the voice of the angel saying, you do not look. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. And perhaps when we stripe away, strip away everything else that this parable is, as Amy Jill Levine concludes, about something as simple and mundane as economics. After all, I quote, such a focus would be consistent with Jesus' teaching, and it would fit neatly within a first century context. End of quote. Despite many commentators insisting that Jesus' story is not a lesson in corporate economics or a model of good management labor practices, may well be both. Maybe the concern is to work within the localized system and provide, if resources allow, funds so that everyone, everyone has enough food. There are several other passages in the Bible that talk about providing for all, 
even from David's own mouth in Samuel 1, 30, 21 through 25, in which he says, the share of the one who goes down into the battle shall be the same as the share of the one who stays by the baggage. They shall share alike. Everybody's job is important. In this interpretation, Levine says the owner of the vineyard is a role model for the rich. They should continue to call others to the field and righteously fulfill a contract with conditions whose conditions are from the beginning to pay what is right. And what is right is a living wage. Rather than helping those closest at hand or most convenient, those who have should seek out those who need. If the householder can afford it, he should continue to put others on the payroll, pay them a living wage, and so allow them to feed their families while keeping their dignity intact. This way of looking at this parable is very practical, perhaps a little edgy, and defines the difference between charity and justice. My hope is that one of these interpretations does something for you, even that something is disagreeing and disagreement. The good news this morning is that our faith doesn't allow for questions and interpretation. It encourages it. Jesus' parables come from a tradition that recognizes the importance of questions and the role of lifelong conversations with our God. Jesus passed this tradition along to his followers through special kingdom and God lens, the lens of God and the kingdom we all share. And we are to the inheritors of that same tradition. So in this Lenten season, I encourage you to ask the tough questions to yourself and of yourself. Where have you fallen short? How have you been less than the person God has called you to be? What do you need to repent of? Why do you struggle so much in your faith? These are the questions we've called, we're called to ask ourselves during this time of Lent, that we're called to wrestle with during Lent. It's not fun work to do. In fact, it can be downright painful or at least uncomfortable to face yourself and God's honesty and to face God honestly. But this is the work of having that true relationship with a God who is unafraid of our questions. A God who calls us to think about envy, context, grace, and economics all within the same story. A God whose love, who loves those of us who've been here the longest just as much as he loves those who've just joined in our work. I say, thank you, Jillian, and thanks be to God.
Now hear these words of benediction. As we leave this place today, where we're gathered together to share God's love with one another, I want us to think back as we leave on the words we reflected on when we came in today. As we go out today, let us be reminded of God's love to us. Let us welcome the awakening of God's word in our lives. And may we affirm our identity, claim our security as children of the creator as we toil in the vineyard for our God. Go in peace. <laughs>